0: Welcome to Rewrite the Mother Code, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves. Through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences, we're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way that you never have before but have always needed. It's time to rewrite the mother code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code. I'm your host, Dr. Gertrude Lyons, and I'm always excited to sit down with my guests. Uh, This one in particular, I'm super excited about because I've known her for quite some time, And she was one of my participants in my original uh, doctoral work back in 2016, when I did my curriculum evaluation study and brought women together who did not have children, but I wanted to present a 12-hour seminar that my intention would be would would shift some of the mistaken beliefs or just beliefs that are in our atmosphere and expand their awareness of the mothering journey. Now all these women that I had come did not have children or had not had any children of their own or adopted or anything prior to coming. So it was called preparing for motherhood. Um, Since then, it's expanded much beyond that, but all the seeds and the roots of all the work that I'm doing and really want to foster and bring out as much as possible came from that seminar. And it wasn't so much what I put together as it was their reactions to it and what Particularly struck them, and then six months later, how was it still striking them? And I was really heartened to look back and look at some of that data recently. As as you know, I'm writing my book, and so I'm you know just bringing together everything from the past and onward. It was really heartened to see the impact that just that 12 hours had on these women. So I'm really hopeful and really excited because I know our next guest is someone who took the material from that and all, uh, just a whole host of other things that she was doing for herself and her personal growth journey to be the woman that she is today. And when I get her on, I'll share some of her bio, which is really quite incredible. Um, She's been a force in the corporate world for a long time and now coaching and in the uh, motherhood space. So it's, it's really been quite a journey for her, but I'm hoping for us to be able to kind of dig in and really have you see, you know, what it took for her, what, you know, that this wasn't something that just happened overnight. And so kind of be thinking about for yourself, as you listen to this episode, where am I at in my mothering journey? And that's for everyone, because remember, we all mother, all women, all people, mother. So what is it that you're in the moment conceiving, creating, maybe giving birth to or raising at this moment? And then particularly remembering that the most important person we need to mother is ourselves. And how are we doing with that? So be thinking about that as we jump in and have our time with Yan. Well, here we go. Uh, Yan is my guest today, Yan Dang. And I'm so excited to have you, Yan. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Dr. Gertrude. Nice
0: to have you here with you. <laughs> That's funny hearing you call me Dr. Gertrude, but um, <laughs> we got that out of the way. You could call me Gertrude because Yan and I have known each other quite some time, and have had I have had the privilege and honor of being with her in a number of growth spaces and doing our own work together, supporting me, supporting her. Now I'd say we're we're all things are quite mutual. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and share a little overview of Yan, and I know you all will be inspired to hear what this woman has done in the world and continues to do. So Yan Dang, executive and life coach, she helps corporate women in male-dominated spaces build lasting confidence. So Yan is an executive and life coach. She leverages over 15 years of international corporate experience, integrated with her deep knowledge of social and emotional intelligence as an international coaching federation, ICF, Certified coach to support executives and leaders reach their potential. Yan recently served as the vice president of finance at LexisNexis, where she provided executive leadership to the CEO and other C suite level executives by partnering with them to make strategic decisions and evaluate trade offs to achieve sustainable financial results guided by values. Yan empowered leaders with critical data, with critical data driven insights to help them frame their stories and create actionable plans with metrics to measure progress and accountability along the way. Yen's coaching philosophy is that life presents us with challenges that are perfect opportunities for growth, creativity, and expansion. She works with the whole person and is a strong believer that one's thoughts and feelings are the direct result of the action, impact, and energy they put out into the world. Yan supports her clients to unlock energy, build momentum, and unleash their life force to achieve meaningful personal and professional aspirations. She is dedicated to empowering women and men to their most authentic selves while leveraging their innate potential through dynamic emergence coaching. Go Yan! Woo! <laughs> I love hearing this and just how you've even worded, putting together, you know, your incredible strategic and financial with now, and then the huge journey you went on in your own development with social emotional intelligence and um, mindfulness to now bring those two together and coach in that atmosphere. Yay. Way to go, you. Thank you. So as I said, Yan and I have known each other for quite some time. And one of the things I was very grateful for is that Yan participated in my doctoral research study. It was, as I explained earlier, this curriculum evaluation study. So participants came, um, and at that point they did not have children. It was a group of of 13 women from a great cross section of where they were at on their on their even thinking about or considering mothering. So yeah, and I was hoping that you could bring us back to that point, kind of where you were when you sat in there in that space in 2016. And then oh. just go ahead and whatever comes up for you um, out of that, you know, the because your journey has taken on um, just some beautiful, painful, you know, whole gamut of life that you have navigated from a very deep and social emotional intelligence way. So you go ahead, you start talking.
1: Yeah. So, oh, wow. I was like thinking 2016. What was I doing then? I think, was it the summertime? Do you remember? Was it like it was spring? It was spring. May. T- yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was working at LexisNexis, Nexus and um, I was probably traveling still a lot to London. Most of my team were there. And I think I was probably dating at that time. I don't think I was in a relationship. And so this idea of motherhood, even though it's something that I had always thought I wanted, was kind of felt like really far away for me. Um, I had a few very long relationships in my 20s that didn't really work out the way that I wanted them to. And so, you know, part of my own getting coaching was trying to figure all of that out. And um, I appreciated the seminar, especially. You know, one of the things that I really took away from there that I think I continue to hold for myself and hold for people that I coach is that um, pain can be empowering and like pain can be divine in ways and that pain's okay. Um, I don't think I had ever, we had seen like live videos of like people having natural births and I don't think I had ever been that upfront and close to um, what that was like, you know, and I think part of me just kind of felt scared around. It. I think we talked a lot about myths yeah. around birth and pregnancy and like how it's like an emergency and, you know, people like ladies are like screaming hysterically. Um, and so it gave me an opening of like what was possible and how this, you know, even birthing experience um, and I guess even more expansive than that life experience mm-hmm. can be um, empowered by pain. I think so often women are meant to like feel ashamed of their pain, you know, when they have their period and all those types of things Mm -hmm. and talk about it. But I think, you know, that that seminar really helped me to see that there's another way.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. I I, uh, remember you sharing that sometime later. And it really meant a lot to me because if there was one thing I would love to expand women's perception of, and just kind of what we're taught around pain and, you know, particularly in motherhood around birth pain. And I'd love for you to share kind of that journey for you and the choices mm-hmm. that you made around that. And would that even have been possible had you not just had some awareness, right? Like, cause this isn't about And this never has been about, for me, like telling women what they should do, right? Or that I now have the answer of how to have um, a great mothering journey. It's always been about, gosh, there's just so much that we're told or that was wired in us from our upbringings about how it's supposed to look or supposed to, you know, how we're supposed to be and how you do things, right? And I think birth Mm -hmm. was one that, I mean, you had a lot, but uh, birth was one in particular that I think uh, without the awareness might've been very different for you. So if you would share about that, that would be great.
1: Yeah. I think it was probably the first time that I even really knew that people, I don't know, It's it seemed kind of boring to me that had, they had like natural births without epidural and um, you know, what the benefits could be and how, I think there was just like also a mistaken belief that like you know, women can't endure that pain, or like that pain is just so powerful that you can like die from it or something. It was just very scary. And so, when I, you know, found out that I was pregnant back in 2020, uh, sort of the early times, and then, you know, I actually gave birth in 2021, you know, it was, I wanted to be more open minded about what the possibilities were. And to um, research that and also to do that with my husband, you know, he had it, he never thought he would be a father or even married to say the least. And so it was kind of a big journey for us to go on together and look at what the possibilities were and just hearing you know, the home births that you've had and what that was like was helpful to have some, you know, modeling of what that would, you know, what's possible. And so I did hypnobirthing. I did that with my husband and we watched a lot of videos and I read a lot of books Um, and we hired a doula and it was a, you know, one of these like Victor T- uh, Frankl talks about these like peak moments in your life. And it was certainly that for me. Like I felt like, you know, it was almost like, <laughs> so amazing, right? The, like, you know, to have, to go through that. Keep going. And like, so for it you was, to like, yeah, just dig
0: yeah, into it. What that yeah. It was, was.
1: Well, for me, I actually had to get induced because I had, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm considered like a g, g uh, um, you know, older, older oh pregnancy or over yeah, 35. Oh, <laughs> I was about 39 at the time. So, yeah. but I did get preeclampsia at the very end of my pregnancy. So I had to get induced and, um, you know, that was kind of scary too. Cause I, wanted to make sure that it was as natural as possible. And it was great to have the doula um, really empower me and let me ask questions. But basically, the the journey had started to get me induced like the Saturday morning, and then I didn't actually deliver until like Monday morning at 2am. So it was like the Sunday night. And I had a whole plan, you know, it's like, oh, I had like, you know, I had like, the I wanted to do a water birth that was in a hospital. And I think it was like, probably 10 or 11 o'clock on like the Sunday. And they were like, okay, are you ready for this water bath? And I'm like, no, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> like, I was worried. I was just going to get tired out because I probably had six or I don't know, probably five or six hours of real active labor. Cause it took a while for yeah. um, things to get moving. You know, every, it was so good to have my doula. I also had spiritual music with me. I had a picture of my grandma um, I had a few artifacts that you know just helped me keep calm, and they did a nice job. To like, it wasn't super bright lights; it was light, light, and um, you know, my husband and the duel was with me the whole time. You know, it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of. I just I've only ran one marathon in my life, but it's like that type of thing where you almost don't want to like be like, oh, it's almost done, because like there might be a lot of miles ahead of you. And so I just took it one at a time, and I remember my doula and I, I was saying this to her, looking in her eyes when I would have the contractions. I said, you know, this like, I think it was like this pain is divine, the kind of like welcoming Mm -hmm. the pain and like Mm -hmm. allowing the waves to come and to, you know, not fight against it, not resist it. And I think that really helped me, you know, to kind of one at a time, step by step, we're not going to like rush to the end. It was quite funny though, towards the very end, I think everybody was ready and Um, The doula was like, can I take pictures? And I was like, no, no, no. We need to just get this going. And everybody was fussing with things. And I was like, no, we just like, you know, people were tra- starting to chit chat and like, it was starting to like lighten up because they knew it was coming, but I was still like, not, it wasn't fully <laughs> there. And so I think I just had like a moment of like, Hey, everybody pay attention. Like this is happening. <laughs> like <laughs> We need to make this happen. But I was grateful for, um, you know, my yoga practices for m- a lot of those times and the support in the room and feeling really cared for, you know, there's, there are pictures of my husband just looking at me very, um, Very warmly and like almost Mm -hmm. concerned as I'm like in this state. So it was just a very like peak moment of like aliveness um, that this was finally happening, you know. Mm -hmm. And I felt very empowered by it. I was lucky you know very minimal tears um you know really like pretty good healing afterwards but it was a roller coaster for sure because after the baby comes you're like meant to feed it right away (laughs) it's just like it's like you almost you know want to savor the moment and I think I've been savoring by looking back but in the moment it's just super fast Mm -hmm. um you know as soon as the baby comes out it's almost like on to the next thing so I feel you know joy that I do remember parts of it
0: and Um, well. Yeah, and just you, I don't know if I've ever heard this level of detail of your birth story. And I literally was in tears. I'm choked up now because it's so beautiful. And I know we can kind of just, and I feel like you're in it as well, which helps for me to, to be with you in it. But for you to say this pain is divine while you were in it, like it, I'm seriously going to cry. It's like that is, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to have some listeners like, what, like pain divine, like, are you effing kidding me? Like, no, you know, cause we're so taught that like pain um, should be numbed. Pain is bad. Pain is a, uh, you know, to uh, be avoided at all costs, but there's appropriate times and particular times where being in it and moving through it. And as you said, you know, being as conscious about it as, and you wanted to be conscious to that pain. And I, yeah. I think that is so looked upon, obviously, as we just said, and and unfortunately, very very differently. So thank you for sharing that. And you also said having the presence of mind in that moment, because you're so sensitive, right? You're so aware and everybody else, no matter what, is not having the experience you're having, you know, they're with you and they're people that care about you and thank goodness they were there, but they're not in it, you know, so- for you to say, hey, over here, everybody. <laughs> Bring it yeah. back. I know we're excited, but you know, um uh, Yeah, it's not happening yet. Yeah, I
1: think we were like also fussing around with like the wires or something. And I just remember at one point I just like pulled the the gown off and I was just kind of like, we gotta go. Like so um yeah, so I think even integrating some of my, I don't know, anger intentionally uh, um was helpful in that moment.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a beautiful place to take that. And I was, obviously, I'm glad to have had some part in just opening that space, you know, or just yeah. that that possibility for you. But then it's you. And I love hearing too, then I read about it. I researched, I, you know, yeah. that's the point then is to go on your journey with it, you know, once yeah. and if there's a spark or there's an inkling, and that's so much what it was like for me, because. When I heard um, my boss at the time say that he and his wife had had two home births, I was like, what? You know, and at first you're like, "But oh. but then that's weird. Say, I know that's weird. Like that happens like on purpose.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not an accident. Um,
0: and I was telling this somebody recently, like the things that stuck out weren't the like, oh, I'm going to have a divine experience. It was one. I could control the lighting. And like you said, you know, and, and that's where I like that there are birth spaces. It doesn't have to just be at home that will be amenable to that. But also the food thing, right? Mm. Like if I knew if I went in the hospital, like they stopped feeding you in case, in some instances, right? Oh, yeah. So you yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. just talked about how when after she gave birth, you know, we had this great meal or I, I don't know. There was just something about the fact that I think I would have more control and agency like mm-hmm. you're talking about, right? Like with the people around you and having that dictate it more than what can be very limiting hospital protocols. And, yeah, you know, you could still create it. And I also love hearing how you, you know, it wasn't exactly how you pictured it. Right. Yeah. But you had the presence of mind, like, okay, now I'm getting induced. I could still say, you know, as natural as possible. And like, yeah, I really wanted that water birth, but no, not feeling it right now. Yeah. Like there's, you know, <laughs> we're going to keep going and all of that's great, right? There's, yeah, you know, we're, we're rarely going to get the exact picture, but the more we can picture it and picture the positive outcome or the kind of, the more mm-hmm. the experience and feeling that we want, then it necessarily has to be the externals, right? Like, yeah,
1: I think as you're talking, right, it's like having an experience happening to you versus Mm -hmm. you, you know, co-creating that experience and you feeling like, you know, how to do that.
0: So, as you said, you had a doula that you really trusted, you know, that you really felt like was with you and, uh, and your husband. And sometimes, I mean, I've, I've supported people on births and uh, sometimes it's the husband who needs a a lot of the The support support. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in various ways. Yeah. I also, um, Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: I wanted to share, I, I remember while I was pregnant, I also listened to um, a podcast that you had done with Sankita on her birth. And like her choosing it and her being af- like afraid of it at first. So I think that was, was like helpful too, just to hear somebody else's experience and exactly. how they were thinking about
0: it. We need to hear other stories, need to hear other, you know, and yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, with it all. Yeah. Cause you mentioned something about the aliveness that courses through you and you mentioned Sanjita and that was what she ended up realizing. That's what she was actually afraid of, not the pain. But could she encompass this level of aliveness and the energy that that, that going through this process was going to bring forth and and you mentioned having an awareness of that um yeah. also.
1: Yeah. I mean I think in those moments right you just feel what you feel and it's almost like your logical or thinking mind um Almost like surrenders to just like that feeling in the moment, like what's yeah. happening.
0: You know? Yeah, no, here, here, and you also mentioned which is just like oh, these like subtle ways that things that I do have, you know, kind of a bug up my butt sometimes about our our overly medicalized world is that you know mm-hmm. after thirty five you're a geriatric. <laughs> I'm like, come you know, on, can't we come up with a better name? But I. For me, it's like, where are we instilling fear? You know, I think mm-hmm. so often, unfortunately, what I the criticism I have sometimes of the hospital model is it's very fear-based. You know, sometimes for good reason, we have to look at yes. like what are the what are the potential threats, what are you know what could go mm-hmm. wrong here? But yeah. that's not the whole experience, right? Yeah. And yeah, uh, just by saying that it's geriatric, I don't know, for me it comes like, oh my god, my time is up. I, I'm I'm an old I'm 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 all dried up. I don't know, yeah. you know, these things that but you were able to overcome that and have your daughter a little bit later. But what what's it like for you? What having children in your forties? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, my husband and I talk about this a lot because we're like, "Oh, how
1: old will we be when like <laughs> she's done with high school?" But in a lot of ways, so I, um, you know, twenty twenty was a big year. It was you know when the pandemic had started and when things really slowed down. Um, and, um, just to share a bit about like my background, I was very career oriented. I think you knew that I was always traveling for work. I was always getting, trying to get promotions and things like that. And I, as much as possible, tried to also hold my personal life, and my personal goals. It is difficult to do that when you're traveling a lot, but, um, being grounded, I think I really, it helps me to choose to do things. I had gotten a dog, you know, and I had always wanted a dog and. I actually did that pre-pandemic really because of my relationship with my husband. He didn't travel. So at the time, he's my boyfriend. So we had chosen to do that. But, you know, that was great because once we, we got her in February and the March, everything was just <laughs> like airplanes down. And so during that time, it was a rough time, you know, to be through the pandemic and spending a lot of time with my husband and, you know, my boyfriend at the time. And we had That year decided to get married. We also moved from you know Illinois to Florida and then I found out about you know my pregnancy about a month after we got married. So it was it was quite a Mm. a lot of um a lot lot of change at once. Yeah, snaping pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what helped me, right? I was probably I was 39 at the time or turned I was 38, 39. You know, I got married at 38, had the baby at 39. And like now as a parent, I think what is really empowering is that I have lived so much of life and I have people in my life like you and others that, you know, there's other ways of doing things and there's no sort of right or wrong way of doing things. And I feel like a stronger sense of myself now being, you know, in my 40s than if I was even in my 30s. And so, you know, being a parent at this age, I think is really helps me to enjoy the parenting. I think I was always two ways about it. You know, I think in my culture, and um, you probably know this from me sharing, it's like, you have to sacrifice for your children. Like that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I saw my grandma do it. I saw my mom do it, you know, out of love and care, but really I wanted something else. You know, I wanted more balance. And I think I didn't really know how to do that because I didn't have really a strong sense of self until I did a lot of my own growth work and my own coaching to really understand what's important to me. And how, how did I want to, you know, what type of mother did I want to be? And even a wife, because there's so many things that happened all at once.
0: (laughs) It did all happen (laughs) all at once, but you had been preparing. So on the one hand, it looks like, oh my gosh, this all happened at once, but you had been getting a lot of coaching and were open to seeking coaching around your relationships, you know, and around having a partner that really um, supported you, empowered you, and, you know, was going to be with you on the journey on the journey that you were creating, which is incredible. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, Hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish, it's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies, I bring it, you know, we really bring it. and. if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com go to events, and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat and I want to just touch a little bit on because I love what you said about this positive aspect of bringing a child into your life like a little bit later. You rocked the corporate world uh, for a period of time and, And I've always known you as someone like that sets goals and then beats them, right? (laughs) This isn't something, um, even in your growth and development, you know, with assignments that we would have, it's like, yep, okay, you know, really good. And I I think that shift for you around me and my identity as a corporate woman and getting my value, you know, there, Mm -hmm. now. Not like you've let that go, because now you've started your own business, you know, Inspire Coaching, and you're still, you know, working in in that, and in that realm. I also know that you've done a lot of work around, you know, honoring feminine values. And things were very, and I think for a reason that you uncovered, like, you know, why you were so solely career vision or driven to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. can you say, I th- I think you got where I'm going. Yeah. If you yeah. Want to
1: well, I, I do think, right. Like with my career, I felt very much so that I work hard um, and I'm pretty logical. And I, um, I found at work, like if I put the work in and I, you know, there, there was some, you know, positives of like the roles that I had and the exposure that I had um, when I started my career in New York, it was at headquarters. So a lot of people saw me, but I never really claimed for myself, my own ambition. It was just kind of like, this is what you do. This is the hard work to get done. And a lot of ways it was just like very masculine. I didn't really connect with my feelings. I didn't know what that was like. So on one hand at work, I would be sort of this like very focused, like let's get these things done. And then in my personal life, I would be almost like a pushover, kind of like, you know, I was I'm the youngest in my family. I have three older brothers. And like we have really big family, our extended family is very big. And so kind of getting born into a system like that, you just kind of like figure it out, you know? And you know, growing up with three older brothers, I, I got teased for crying, I got made fun of for you know liking certain things. And so I think in some ways, when I went to the work world, I kind of hit a lot of those things to get things done. But then in my personal life, I was just like softer and warmer but also very compliant to the family structure and to the roles of my parents and to elders and things like that and I didn't really you know know how to mesh those together so you know in one way I would be very powerful at work in another way I'd be kind of like lost in my own um you know family life and not really sure who I was in those different realms. And I think the feminine part of it was probably, you know, we talk about pain, right? I think mm-hmm. it's the feeling of pain and understanding that yearning to connect to belong mm-hmm. and to actually bring those together. You know, the synergies of like the masculine and the feminine to really feel whole wherever I am, not just pieces of me in all these different places.
0: Yeah, thank you because I I'm seeing something that maybe I hadn't quite before which was you know, we're all hungry for affirmation, you know, for validation yeah. and unconsciously and consciously seeking it. So it's, you were really aware that, oh, how I get validated in my work life is to, you know, on time, you know, like yeah. be logical, be a certain way, but it was very results driven, very outcome driven and yeah. linear, right? So some of those mm-hmm. more masculine and and I, I'd get, you'd get a lot of and promotions and, you know, the, yeah, the ways that you see the results of your labors in that way. And then in the family life, like you had taken on a role, what i you know, hearing you say is like your role is the youngest, you know, in the family and yeah, kind of a, a as you said, pushover, but you know, really not feeling as the same kind of level of power, right. That yeah. you did in, in your work. I think there, there were ways like through your culture and that, that you, things that you liked about the feminine dynamic and things that you didn't like. And what I'm seeing is this, um, I don't know, this journey, this path, it's like, okay, I've done this. Now I've gathered like how to do this. And okay, I'm now I'm aware of like the roles I play out in my family. And by the time you got to where you found this relationship and now we want to have a child, you've had a chance to integrate them some, you know, and see- I don't want to just be this person over here and this doing this. And, yeah. you know, I can bring some of that, that kind of power and energy into my extended family life. Right. And start mm-hmm. holding and shifting some of the role dynamic in there and yeah. which you did. So seeing that and then bringing that then into your relationship with your husband and, you know, honoring the process and journey of that to, you know, bring you then into motherhood, which, I think was something you would, like you said, always wanted, but weren't sure what's going to happen for you. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I was always kind of this worrisome, like, Oh, once I have a child, I'll have to give up everything. You know, I'll have to give up my whole life. I'll have to give up my needs. And, um, you know, cause that's the pattern I had seen. And, you know, even though you see other people's examples of it, I do think um, that when you have a child, you regress up, right? There's like this, like, you kind of like, oh, wait, I'm going. And I remember that very clearly, you know, even with um, breastfeeding was a struggle the first couple of weeks. And that was just, you know, a really hard time to notice, you know, just feeling a lot of fear around that. And then I think, there was also that performance, right? Like, oh, I should be able to do this. I should know how to do this. And then you feel bad when you can't. Yes. And it was, yeah. it's so interesting because so many people tell you about it, but until you live it, you're like, yeah, this is what it is. And it feel it sucks. Like it feels really painful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: Right. And Oh, I think that's so perfect. Yeah. And just uh, that experience, can you say a little bit more about like what you learned from that, Uh, you know, how, like even just the struggle with breastfeeding, right. When that came up, how did you work that given, you know, what you, what you had learned? Yeah,
1: it was really interesting because here I am like, you know, just after birth, but really happy about that piece of it. And the baby was fine and she was like gaining weight. And then when we left, you know, it's kind of natural. They start losing weight. Um, They don't latch properly. And so I had my doula come help me. And, you know, I think a lot of, right, like the lactation consultants, doula, they're like, this is how it should be done. Like no bottle, you know, like it's, it's, you know, they kind of try to tell you like the best thing, kind of like the doctors, right? In the hospitals, it's kind of very regimented. And it's like, do I use that data in service of myself to support myself or do I use that against myself? And I found myself using it against myself and wanting to be really strict. And then I've done it. You know, my mother was around, which was great. But I just noticed myself resisting the way she wanted to do things or just be like, let's do it this way. And so, you know, I just noticed it was really tough because I was one being super hard on myself Um, And to like, you know, resisting like the support my mom and my husband were trying to give me at that time to just be like, let's just like, you know, try it out and let's just be a little easier on it. And I think it wasn't until we went to the pediatrician where she was like, yeah, like she could have some formula like that's not a big deal. It was almost like I needed permission in that Mm -hmm. point, but I felt kind of like lost and alone in like some of the data and not really sure how I wanted to deal with things. But then also this underlying pain and upset of just not being able, like not knowing, you know, not
0: knowing. No. And that goes back to, you know, the years you like in a corporate environment, like the win is to know, right. And the win is like, you get, you have a logical and, you know, you're rewarded when you do it right. Right. So this This mothering experience (laughs) has so much unknown, so much you don't have control of, but somehow we're wired in our culture that you're still supposed to know somehow you're supposed to know yeah. somehow you're supposed to do it right. And, you know, someone's going to tell me what that right is. And it's just a whole different animal. It's a yeah. whole different landscape um, that we have to. So I love that you went on that journey and then, you know, yeah, I needed some permission, you know, I needed mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to hear like what these options were and then make that choice. You know, yeah. For myself, and I think that's and that's this tuning into ourselves, and you know, known you a long time, like as we've said. But I know part of that was allowing yourself to have your emotions about it. You know, allowing yeah. yourself to feel the sadness or hurt um, and fear that it wasn't going how textbook or what what yeah. what it supposedly is supposed to, and I uh, probably is very rare for a lot. And where it goes exactly like yeah
1: that. and it's kind of interesting because like logically right i'm like oh no people go through this this is like this is not a big deal but when you're feeling the emotions and maybe overwhelmed by them your brain isn't even the highest functioning so even though you're like i know this happens um it's actually happening to me i mean that's a little extra awareness but mm-hmm. it it doesn't just solve it right like oh this is happening <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't like the feelings are still there. And just to be able to be with the emotions and trust that, you know, things will, like I can make choices at every moment.
0: Um, yeah. You know, is helpful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, any other, b- before we, I have some other <laughs> questions for you, but we're on, you know, the breastfeeding was a struggle with it, which was a great example. A- anything else in your new motherhood that You know, you've, you've used the tools that you have and, you know, the, the tools of rewriting the mother code are ones that, you know, you're aware of around this exploration and everything we've been talking about, but any other examples that you'd like to share? Cause this is what, just like you were so empowered by Sanjita, you know, this is what empowers and I want women to have examples of women like you who are making these very discerned and intuitive choices. Like those go together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there were probably two things that come to mind. One was just choosing to start my own company and go into coaching. Um, And, you know, a lot of people could argue, and I think there was probably some of this with my family, probably with friends too, Of like, why would you leave, you know, your corporate career and you could be making such a big impact and such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And I really, I struggled with that because I think duty is such a big thing for me and I want to, Uh, hold that duty and um, you know like I I want to be that woman in the room I want to be able to create some of those spaces Um, but at the same time you know this is going back to me versus like what I think I have to do for other people of like what is going to be the most um, important to me you know and for me with this mothering journey, like, I don't want to be doing board reports at like, you know, 12 o'clock at night. I want to feel like I'm being present to my daughter. I want to feel like I have agency over my time, you know, and it's not to say, and, and here's the thing, right? I don't judge anyone for what they do. It's just sure. as long as they feel like they're doing it for themselves. And it's like 100% their decision. Because um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And for me, it was just like, even though I'm good at something, I don't need to just do it because I'm good at it. Right. Right. I can choose to enjoy my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I think there's that duty, right. Like if I can help somebody, you know, I will, but it's like, no, like, will you like, cause what is that taking away from yourself or what are you not doing for yourself? And I think as women, we're often like trained or told to take care of everyone else, you know, Mm -hmm. take care of the family, take care of, um, the organization, whatever it is. And a big piece of my own mothering has been to take care of me, and to choose what I think is going to be the best outcome for myself, not you know somebody else, or not the money, or not the material things.
0: But yeah, that's so selfish. No, <laughs> I know.
1: I know. <laughs> Well, there you go for
0: what's going to nourish you and make you happy, make me
1: happy. Right. And like the, the judgmental, well, even, you know, I'm of course part of the mom's group that you lead. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like getting, getting a babysitter for a couple of hours on the weekends. Um, you know, when my husband's working the weekends, you know, it's just like even that struggle of like, should I do this? Is this the right Mm -hmm. thing? So I feel guilty about that versus like, you know, what's the best thing for me? How am I going to take care of myself so that I can be present and actually have a quality time with my child versus, you know, not and being annoyed by it and being feeling helpless about my situation or however I might be feeling.
0: No, I love that. Um, Thank you. I think that was another really big one. And one that women get caught in so often is this choice, you know, motherhood or career, or how am I going to do career or motherhood? But you, you were someone who knew you'd want to work in some way, but you yeah. know, like, let's really look at like, and I love that you pictured yourself. Do I want to be up at midnight doing board reports? <laughs> if I look at like, just going back there and sometimes what the discerning is like, where do I want to get validation? Right. And yeah. I hope this doesn't sound at all. Like I'm dismissing women want to go back to their career. Cause I don't, but yeah. again, it's just being aware is some of this just because that's somewhere where I can, I know how I'm going to get the validation. And I yeah. know how to do it. Right. And we do. Yeah. And, and we might just need that. And we might need some of that in order to be the, the mom in our life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, and, and I still write, like, even with my career, I joke sometimes with my husband, I'm like, I think some people think I don't work full time, because I'm at home. Like, they think <laughs> like, you know, they think that I'm like, oh, like, it's like a hobby job. And I'm like, no, like, I, you know, I have a real business, I have real clients. Um, and so even, you know, having those types of conversations, because I think, and sometimes in people's heads, they're like, oh, like, you know, this thing on the side, but that's not who I am, right? I get to choose who I am.
0: Yeah. And those judgments, right? Like, and that's the bind. I think that, that women get in is there's, well, there's the judging of each other, you know, out of our own insecurity. And we've talked about, and, you know, worked on this, like, how do we open space for women and all their choices and be Mm -hmm. supportive? And I imagine that's a lot of what you coach, you know, your executive moms around is Mm -hmm. being okay with their choices. But, and then one of my big things, around rewriting the mother code is that we can start feeling that the only person that we need to worry about our judgment of is our own, not, not critically. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and then once we're taken care of like what's going on in here and I'm taking care of myself, there is more space to hold space for women and their choices and yeah. how, you know, what, what, and be curious. And what does that mean to them? And, and that might even be like choosing everything from choosing not to have children, you know, and then Mm -hmm. how they go about it and then how they live their motherhood journey or their mothering journey that, you know, we're all big enough. If we can expand and build a baby inside our body can expand. I think we can expand our thinking in that arena. And I think that's something that you're doing in the work that you're doing with women.
1: Yeah. I think that that expansive space where only, you know, how you like, I don't even know, I guess there's a part of it. It's like, right. How you judge yourself, but actually what brings you satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. One of the things that I find, I mean, it's interesting because I can relate a lot to the beginning of my coaching journey is that, you know, when sometimes I ask women what satisfaction and fulfillment feel like, it's like, they don't even know, know like the beginning, <laughs> like, what could that be? You know? So or a it's lot going of it about is
0: taking care of others. Like that's yes. the only that's the only. Like it, we really that's know like how... a
1: purpose, right? It's a yeah. strong purpose of like, oh, it'll be for my kids or for my mom or you know. But then I'm like, no, no, no. But like beyond that, beyond those roles, what is there? Um, and even sitting in that question and that unknown of it, you know, is really powerful because I don't think we a lot of times stop to think like, what is satisfaction to me outside of the roles that I play in my life?
0: Well, I think. You've done such an inspiring, beautiful job in in my terms, rewriting the mother code um, and having the journey that's yours and that's your own. And that doesn't mean it's struggle free. It just means you have yeah. a lot more tools available to you to learn and grow from those struggles, right? Mm-hmm. So that I also know you've had a lot of beautiful moments, you know, in your family with your husband, with your daughter, because- you've done the work to be more present, you know, in those moments and with yourself. So we, otherwise they just like fly by in the chaos of it all. Right. We don't yeah, even you just miss don't it miss all. Them. Right. Yeah. 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 I miss some of those. So I want to hear, well, actually, since we just brought that up, do any come to mind for you? Like, oh, wow. Like I just, well, you, you said it in your birth, right? So that was yeah. one of them where you were just really clear and aware, like, wow, this is a moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And That sticks with me, right? And it's, that's going to stick with me. The pain is divine, you know, while I'm in the midst of it, that's, I just, yeah yeah
1: that. I think I need to think about that more when I'm like with my daughter she's starting to have yeah. tantrums because I think even in that I feel so um I don't know I get like kind of sent back like oh my gosh why is this happening versus like let me just have her feelings and once she has them we can move on you know but in the moment I'm like oh my gosh like this, this little being is so Shut powerful <You know? laughs> um so I I don't know maybe even mothering myself in those moments while I'm with her and not trying Mm -hmm. to control the behavior just to be with that because she Mm -hmm. has such a strong will which you know I'm like oh I'm a good mom I've created she has Mm -hmm. a lot of big feelings she (laughs) feels really entitled in the world um you know and I don't remember you know my terrible twos or anything like that so You know, it's like, I'm glad that she's having these, but I also have a visceral feeling when she's really upset and she's having these moments. Um, So I think that those are even more like aliveness pieces that I probably, don't think of as positives, <laughs> but maybe I can reframe that for myself. Yeah. But other moments, you know, my husband was saying he one of his favorite times of the day is to put our daughter Isabel down. And he um oftentimes like I'm in the room too, but I try not to be too close because she'll like grab onto me. And it's like very sweet when I hear him talking to her and he's like telling her about like things she won't remember, but things he will remember. It's very endearing and I find those like
0: very sweet moments to
1: just oh. be listening on. <laughs>
0: I love that. Well, I love that, Yan. And you know, that's a honestly that seems like easy to have um, a moment like that, but it's not. Like I know, you know, mm-hmm. what it takes to, you know, in that moment, everything from like I might have judgments about how he's doing it. Like I'm just thinking <laughs> about the things, right, and and stepping back so he can have that space with her because you know he enjoys it so much versus you know, sometimes like, oh, I want to get validated by her and have her cling to me. And honestly, this is something my husband and I worked through a lot in our relationship is is competition, right? Mm -hmm. And that's real. And I don't think we talk about that enough um, that we can be competitive with our spouse for the better parent award or the attention, you know, and and whatnot. And it's not good or bad. It's just, again, it's the awareness and how do we want to Notice that, bring it to light, and and then look at what is that for us, you know. So for you to be able to yeah. step back, because then in, in that moment, once you've gone through all those in your being, you can take in that moment and and really treasure it, you know. And, yeah, savor and, and it, serve yeah. and savor. Yeah. All right, I have yeah. one last question for you, but first, before I do my my final question, uh, I'd love for people to know how to get a hold of you. And how, yeah. how can women find you? I mean anybody, but particularly, you know, your demographic of corporate women who mm-hmm. are mothers. Sure. Uh, where do they find you?
1: Um, so they can find me at a couple of places. You can find me on LinkedIn, just my name Y-A-N-N-D-A-N-G. I Um I post uh, mostly weekly. And you can also find me on Instagram at aspire coaching underscore Yan Y-A-N-N. Um, I've got a few videos on there, so people can can enjoy those.
0: I hope they they go and I'm sure there, there are definitely listeners who are going to want to know more about you and what you do. Well, thank you. So my last question is, what does rewrite the mother code mean to you?
1: Rewriting the mother code for me means releasing and letting go of disempowering beliefs and behaviors and having greater awareness of them, because I don't think it's so easy to just like let them go, right? Like as if mother mom guilt, is just going to go, but to not allow it to have so much agency or power over you. So Mm -hmm. I've just been working on allowing the guilt, but not acting on it, you know, like it's there, but I don't need to make it like, I don't need to magnify it. I don't need to give it more power than it already has. Cause I think you know, the mother code is really about empowering ourselves, whether we're, you know, whether we have kids or not, you know, whether, however we live our lives, but it's about having a mother code for ourselves. That's about empowering ourselves.
0: No, yeah, that's beautiful. I, it's, I love that. I, I love how everybody gets it, you know, and, and <laughs> but it's always a little bit different and from your lens, you know, what matters yeah. to you about it. So. Thanks so much for being here and sharing and being vulnerable, sharing your journey with us.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Gertrude.
0: Wow. I don't know about you, but that was, I'm so moved and touched by so much about what Jan was sharing. And I always feel like it's kind of my job because sometimes, and if you've been in your own growth journey or that, we we can sometimes minimize some of the big moves that we make. And and forget like everything that it took to get there. You know, um, Yan was and still is, you know, very dedicated to her growth journey and really dove in deeply exploring her family codes, exploring the cultural codes. And we heard some of it. I just want to really underline and that's what I love doing is working with, you know, women on that journey who are really up for for digging in and you know, doing that, that level of work. And she also mentioned the moms group that I lead, and I do have a, a new moms, newer moms, I call it group that I lead. And we explore and talk about, you know, the deeper issues. It, it, it isn't like a, you know, and there's practical things that we touch on, but more my job in that group is to keep bringing it back to the, to the mom you know, so yes, I'm having um, this choice, um, or upset I'm having in, you know, mothering my child. Okay. What does that mean to me? Where it is, what's going on in my internal landscape that we can mine, you know, in this arena. I love that work. And if you're interested in something like that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you. I just wanted to say one more thing about that, that, uh, this episode and that, is really going to stick with me, like I said. But to be able, in the midst of you know this this beautifully painful experience of childbirth, and to honor and hold and have a mantra of, my pain is divine, is you know that that's kind of like the Olympics of like when you've done a lot of growth work and you can hold that level of presence with your pain. So I just really want to honor Yan. Um, and remember that for myself. So, you know, what are some of the pain points that you may have, you know, in your mothering journey? And what's another way that you can look at those or reframe the pain or, you know, look at it from a different perspective. So thanks so much for being with me today. Enjoy, have a blessed day or evening, whenever you're listening to this and till next time. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Rewrite the Mother Code. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included, to find it. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful, and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, DrGertrudeLyons.com and sign up for my newsletter. I'll see you next time.